This is the Bible in one year, day 32. You can trust God. During World War II, in the terrible days of the Blitz, a father, holding his small son by the hand, ran from a building that had been struck by a bomb. In the front yard was a shell hole. Seeking shelter as quickly as possible, the father jumped into the hole and held up his arms for his son to follow. Terrified, yet hearing his father's voice telling him to jump, the boy replied, I can't see you. The father called to the silhouette of his son, But I can see you. Jump. The boy jumped because he trusted his father. In other words, he loved him, he believed in him, he trusted him, and he had confidence in him. Faith in the Bible is primarily putting our trust in a person. In that sense, it's more akin to love. All loving relationships involve some element of trust. Faith is trust in God that transforms all your other relationships. Proverbs 3 My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked, for the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, Come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you, when you already have it with you. Do not plot harm against your neighbor who lives trustfully near you. Do not accuse anyone for no reason, when they have done you no harm. Do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways, for the Lord detests the perverse, but takes the upright into his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He mocks proud mockers, but shows favor to the humble and oppressed. The wise inherit honor, but fools get only shame. Be confident in the Lord. Are you a confident person? If so, where does that confidence come from? Does it come from what you do or what you possess? Does it come from your education, looks, sporting ability, or some other skill you have? Does it come from what other people think about you? There's nothing wrong with these things. Be confident. But ultimately, your confidence should come from the Lord. It is possible to have none of the other things and still be confident. The writer of Proverbs says, The Lord shall be your confidence. The object of your faith is a person, the Lord. God is the one person you can totally trust in everything. This confident trust transforms the way you live your life. It gives you, first, wisdom. The fool is self-confident, but those who are confident in the Lord are wise. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you. Wisdom, good judgment and discernment come from walking closely with God. Second, peace. Success at work, wealth and fame are of little value if you do not have peace. Peace comes from a right relationship with God. There is no pillow as soft 
as a clear conscience. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster. Whatever happens, you can trust that God is with you and in control. Third goodness, never walk away from someone who deserves help. Your hand is God's hand for that person. Take every opportunity to do good. If you have the ability to help someone, do not delay. Fourth, love. Do not contrive or dig up or cultivate evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly and confidently beside you. Trust in God leads to a love for your neighbor. Fifth, intimacy. The Lord takes the upright into his confidence. When the Lord is our confidence, he takes us into his confidence. This is a wonderful image of what intimacy with God looks like. His confidential communion and secret counsel. Sixth, humility. God gives grace to the humble. If your confidence comes from trusting the Lord, you will have no cause for pride. God promises to give you grace, blessing and honor. Lord, help me to live the life of faith, walking closely with you and putting my trust and confidence in you. New Testament, Matthew 21 Early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again. Immediately the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly? they asked. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, Go, throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him. By what authority are you doing these things? they asked. And who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I will also ask you one question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or of human origin? They discussed it among themselves and said, If we say, from heaven, he will ask, Then why didn't you believe him? But if we say, of human origin, well, we are afraid of the people, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We don't know. Then he said, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus said to them, 
Truly, I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. Believe in Jesus. Jesus says, if you have faith and do not doubt, it will be done. The answer is to believe, believe, believe. This is the one word that holds together the three otherwise seemingly disparate passages. First, feed your faith and your doubts will starve to death. Jesus says, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. If you embrace this kingdom life and don't doubt God, you'll not only do minor feats like I did to the fig tree, but also triumph over huge obstacles, absolutely everything, ranging from small to large, as you make it a part of your believing prayer gets included as you lay hold of God. Try it today. Ask, believe, and then trust God. Second, demonstrate your faith by your actions. The fig tree does not do what it's supposed to do, bear fruit. The second son in the parable does not do what he's supposed to do, obey his father's instructions. Similarly, the religious leaders do not do what they're supposed to do, believe in Jesus. Rather than put their faith in Jesus, they question Jesus' authority and ask him, by what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Jesus answers with a question about the origin of John's baptism, which shows that the religious leaders have also failed to trust John the Baptist. They discuss between themselves. If we say from heaven, he'll ask, then why didn't you believe him? The religious leader's faith is all about ideas and discussions, so they miss the person that faith is all about, Jesus. Third, enter the kingdom of God by faith. Jesus contrasts the religious leaders who do not believe with the tax collectors and prostitutes who repent and believe. The tax collectors and prostitutes were seen as the lowest of the low, crooks and whores. And yet Jesus said that because many of them had believed in him, they were entering the kingdom of God first. Have you noticed how often seemingly upright people seem to be uninterested in Jesus? They simply do not see any need. On the other hand, I've often been astonished by the openness and spiritual hunger of those in prison, and ex-offenders. It's through going into the prisons that I've realized why Jesus loved to spend his time with the marginalized. They're the ones who are often most responsive to Jesus. No one is beyond hope. Even if the past has been full of wrongdoing, nothing you've thought or said or done puts you beyond the reach of entering the kingdom of God. Like the first son in the parable, all that is needed is a change of heart and mind and to do what the Father says, only repent and believe in Jesus. Lord, thank you that you say, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Lord, today I ask. Old Testament, Job 22-24 then Eliphaz the Temanite replied, Can a man be of benefit to God? Can even a wise person benefit him? 
What pleasure would it give the Almighty if you were righteous? What would he gain if your ways were blameless? Is it for your piety that he rebukes you and brings charges against you? Is not your wickedness great? Are not your sins endless? You demanded security from your relatives for no reason. You stripped people of their clothing, leaving them naked. You gave no water to the weary, and you withheld food from the hungry, though you were a powerful man owning land, an honoured man living on it. And you sent widows away empty-handed and broke the strength of the fatherless. That is why snares are all around you, why sudden peril terrifies you. Why it is so dark that you cannot see, and why a flood of water covers you. Is not God in the heights of heaven, and see how lofty are the highest stars? Yet you say, what does God know? Does he judge through such darkness? Thick clouds veil him, so he does not see us as he goes about in the vaulted heavens. Will you keep to the old path that the wicked have trod? They were carried off before their time, their foundations washed away by a flood. They said to God, Leave us alone. What can the Almighty do to us? Yet it was He who filled their houses with good things. So I stand aloof from the plans of the wicked. The righteous see their ruin and rejoice. The innocent mock them, saying, Surely our foes are destroyed, and fire devours their wealth. Submit to God, and be at peace with Him. In this way prosperity will come to you. Accept instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be restored. If you remove wickedness far from your tent and assign your nuggets to the dust, your gold of Ophir to the rocks in the ravines, then the Almighty will be your gold, the choicest silver for you. Surely then you will find delight in the Almighty and will lift up your face to God. You will pray to Him and He will hear you, and you will fulfill your vows. What you decide on will be done, and light will shine on your ways. When people are brought low and you say, Lift them up, then He will save the downcast. He will deliver even one who is not innocent, who will be delivered through the cleanness of your hands. Job chapter 23 Then Job replied, Even today my complaint is bitter. His hand is heavy in spite of my groaning. If only I knew where to find him, if only I could go to his dwelling, I would state my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would find out what he would answer me and consider what he would say to me. Would he vigorously oppose me with great power? No. He would not press charges against me. There the upright can establish their innocence before him, and there I would be delivered forever from my judge. But if I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he is at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. My feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept to his way without turning aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. 
but he stands alone, and who can oppose him? He does whatever he pleases. He carries out his decree against me, and many such plans he still has in store. That is why I am terrified before him. When I think of all this, I fear him. God has made my heart faint. The Almighty has terrified me. Yet I am not silenced by the darkness, by the thick darkness that covers my face. Job chapter 24 Why does the Almighty not set times for judgment? Why must those who know him look in vain for such days? There are those who move boundary stones. They pasture flocks they have stolen. They drive away the orphan's donkey and take the widow's ox in pledge. They thrust the needy from the path and force all the poor of the land into hiding. Like wild donkeys in the desert, the poor go about their labor of foraging food. The wasteland provides food for their children. They gather fodder in the fields and glean in the vineyards of the wicked. Lacking clothes, they spend the night naked. They have nothing to cover themselves in the cold. They are drenched by mountain rains and hug the rocks for lack of shelter. The fatherless child is snatched from the breast. The infant of the poor is seized for a debt. Lacking clothes, they go about naked. They carry the sheaves but still go hungry. They crush olives among the terraces. They tread the wine presses yet suffer thirst. The groans of the dying rise from the city and the souls of the wounded cry out for help. But God charges no one with wrongdoing. There are those who rebel against the light, who do not know its ways or stay in its paths. When daylight is gone, the murderer rises up, kills the poor and needy, and in the night steals forth like a thief. The eye of the adulterer watches for dusk. He thinks, no eye will see me, and he keeps his face concealed. In the dark, thieves break into houses, but by day they shut themselves in. They want nothing to do with the light. For all of them, midnight is their morning. They make friends with the terrors of darkness. Yet they are foam on the surface of the water. Their portion of the land is cursed, so that no one goes to the vineyards. As heat and drought snatch away the melted snow, so the grave snatches away those who have sinned. The womb forgets them. The worm feasts on them. The wicked are no longer remembered, but are broken like a tree. They prey on the barren and childless woman, and to the widow they show no kindness. But God drags away the mighty by his power. Though they become established, they have no assurance of life. He may let them rest in a feeling of security, but his eyes are on their ways. For a little while they are exalted and then they are gone. They are brought low and gathered up like all others. They are cut off like ears of corn. If this is not so, who can prove me false and reduce my words to nothing? Keep trusting when tested. Job learnt to trust God even though he did not understand what was going on in his life. Faith involves trusting God even when you don't have all the answers. Faith is often tested when we go through difficult times. 
Again, there's a striking contrast between Job and his friends. Eliphaz falsely accuses Job of mistreating the poor, the hungry and widows. He said, that is why Job was suffering. It must have been so galling for him to be falsely accused in this way. Nothing could have been further from the truth. Eliphaz's theology was simplistic and defective. Submit to God and be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. But life is more complex than that. By contrast, Job was struggling with the real world of often inexplicable, innocent suffering. Yet he was full of faith in the midst of groaning. Everything had gone wrong in Job's life. God seemed miles away. If only I knew where to find him. Sometimes, nothing seems to make sense in our lives. God may be using our circumstances to test us. Choose to trust him anyway. Job said, When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Gold was refined and tested by heating it and skimming off the dross over and over again until the reflection of the goldsmith could be seen in it. In the midst of his terrible suffering, Job trusted that God would use it all for good and he would emerge purer and holier. Somehow he managed to cling on to God. My feet have closely followed his steps. I've kept to his way without turning aside. I have not departed from the command of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. As we look at Job's life, we see that strength grows through struggles. Courage develops in challenges and wisdom matures from wounds. When God tested Job, his faith emerged as pure gold. Lord, in those difficult times, when I have seemed to be in the refiner's fire, help me to put my faith and trust in you and to come forth as gold. Help me every day to live a life of trust and confidence in you. Pepper adds, When I read the Bible, I'm usually looking for some encouraging verses. I often skim over ones like, The fatherless child is snatched from the breast. The infant of the poor is seized for a debt, as it says in Job 24. But it is a tragedy that this is still happening today. Children are being snatched and sold into brothels. Children, women and men are ending up in slavery. I now feel that in whatever way I can, I must try and stand up and fight against this terrible injustice. 